GPS, powered by SET. Hello and welcome to Line Noise. Today we are joined by one of the most intriguing duos in electronic music. Uh, Manchester's very own Space Africa, a.k.a. Joshua Inyang and uh, Joshua Reed. Um, their recent album, Honest Labour, uh, is a fantastic piece of work which really kind of expands on their sound. We talk a bit about that, about how they've brought in new collaborators and, and, and vocalists. Um, and the album is a, a homage to UK energy. Uh, and we talk about what that means as well. Uh, and also we, we talk a little bit about the mixtape that they released uh, last year, Have You Been Through, What I've Been Through, which made um, a massive breakthrough. It was a, was a fascinating, um, I was going to say album, it was a fascinating mixtape. Um, thanks very much to them for doing it, uh, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Your excellent new album, Honest Labour, um, for me... I thought it really expands on your sound. Um, was that a conscious decision on your behalf? Uh, yeah, no, good question. So I think it was, to be honest, it was conscious and unconscious decision. I think our sound palette, um, the way that we experiment, the music we listen to, and then the output that comes from that sort of um, pool and inspiration, has always been extremely broad. Um, the more time that's gone on, it's, it's, it's widened, especially with us being very curious and having interesting circles of artists and, and music providers. So it was both, to be honest, but most definitely after having maybe delivered our most subdued project in 2018 um, and having such a beautiful reception to the mixtape, which was a lot less constrained to any sort of sound in particular i think it just freed us up to really share you know a lot more of what we have going on behind the scenes and you invited a number of vocalists onto the album um why was that was it something you'd always thought about doing or um i think um and i'll let josh uh, follow up on this but I've, definitely you know if you look at music and you look at the the scope of music and um, what you can look at commercial or overground music or some of the pioneers or stuff that may um have um you know influenced us outside of experimental music collaboration is nothing it's not rare it's extremely common you know having layers to the sound and having the voice presence really takes your music or a sound to another level it's just an extra level of expression and I think for the type of music and the type of instrumentals and story we were putting together, it was essential to have that voice that delivered the message a lot clearer than maybe if you just had some beats and pads, you know. Um, so it was definitely a conscious decision. And also a lot of the artists that we work with and we spend a lot of time with are people that inspire us and people whose talent we really believe in. So it felt like uh, the right thing to do on Honest Labour. And would you be conscious of leaving a space for a, a vocalist? Would you be sort of taking things off so that there's a space for a vocalist to, to do their thing? <clears throat> yeah, I think I think it's sometimes like necessary for the, the vocalist or whoever we collaborate with to be given the space to, to do that thing in our record. And I think, you know, for example, in, in, in this one with Honest Labour, like the idea of like the vocalist or the guest being able to maybe deliver a different kind of sensibility to the recordings which otherwise wouldn't have been there. And so also in, the, in terms of like the actual communicating what we're trying to portray, 
with our music, like it's sometimes better or works more perfectly to bring someone on to give them room to to be able to express. And I mean, it's it's quite good in terms of like collaborating because I think you know ultimately like this this project is a collaboration between me and Josh, so it's quite natural for us to to, to reach out to other people to bring to bring them in. And you said, I think, at some point that the, the album is a homage to UK energy, which I think is an interesting decision. Do, do you mean musical energy or do you mean energy as a whole? No, energy as a whole. I mean, we're UK through and through. So if anything, that's always going to be at the forefront of our music. But I think in terms of like a homage to UK, you know, UK energy, it's one word we're soaking in the environment around us. You know, how does it feel to be walking on these streets? to go into these clubs, to speaking to these people here that have a very refined view. You know, it's a view that they have only um, gathered through being in the UK. Um, and then also it's, you know, as we're progressing and as we're developing this project, what are the influences and the stories that have, influ that, you know, have guided and directed the end story? Who are we listening to? You know, who are these people that have carved this similar story before us? What kind of notes have we taken from them? And then what do we regurgitate out, of, you know, beyond that? And, and that seemed to be extremely UK streamlined. What is a UK? What is the UK energy? I mean, what, what is there one kind of thing you can pinpoint well most definitely you look at particular sounds like the you know you look at like the jungle and like drum and bass um like dub kind of uh era and everything that that sort of music and those origins have um given birth to in the uk you know a lot of sounds across the uk and europe and elsewhere that have become popular in electronic music are very much coming from that those sorts of roots that are coming from the uk um, so when we talk about a UK sound, it's maybe not particularly that it's Great Britain birth, but it's been given born from the mixing part of what has been happening here for, you know, decades. Mm -hmm. Because um, Josh, Josh Reed, uh, you uh, moved to Berlin, um, living in between Berlin and, and Paris, I think. Does that make you see like the UK in a very in a very different way? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I mean it's it's quite different when you're living in there. You can't really see it from what it is sometimes because you're living it day to day. But I think um, over the last like two and a half years, it's given me a better understanding of what that looks like in terms of not just like the energy, but also its contributions to myself and how I am as a person. And I think like one key factor from from the album is like the idea of like, you know, especially during the pandemic, like being locked down, it's like how do you then recreate those kind of experiences that you've had growing up in that particular area and what does that mean? Mm. Um, so it's been a rewarding experience to step away from it and kind of look at it from a distance. I, I think it's a very interesting um, idea, particularly at the moment, to do a, an album that, that's a homage to UK energy, because, um, I mean, I think it's been a difficult few years for the UK. That's certainly the, the experience I get. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't live there anymore. Mm. But... Um, you know, and it, it does seem, you know, with, with Brexit and with, with the <coughs> current government and things like that, I mean, the international standing of the UK particularly, I mean, seems to have taken quite of a, 
you know, quite hit in the past few years. Mm. Um, uh, did you did you think at all about that when 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 you mentioned that it was sort of a homage to UK energy? Did you think? I mean, part- I mean, what I think what's important to state because I can see where you're going with that, but I think what's important to state is that the UK is made up of everything outside of the UK. You know, there's a lot of internationalities, uh, people that have been brought in through like Commonwealth who have really decided what actual UK culture is. You know, so you know, us ourselves being black British, you know, first generation here, second generation, you know, first generation, like Britons, our parents weren't, may not have been bought here, born here, certainly ours weren't. And so our relation and our view of what the UK is may be extremely different to someone who doesn't have that same sort of lineage. And so we didn't really need to think about that so much, you know, the, the scope of electronic music speaks for itself. No, I, I think. I mean, I think that's a very, a very good thing because it does. I think you know, remind people that you know, UK isn't just Brexit, and there is so much more to yeah, it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. One thing I really love about the album is, is to me anyway, it feels really ambiguous. Um, mm-hmm. Particularly, I'm thinking of Indigo Grit, and and at the end of the song, there's a voice, and uh, the man says, "How can you tell you're in love with someone?" Yeah, and the other voice takes a breath and it sounds like sounds like the woman is about to answer. Was that really, really deliberate to kind of leave that ambiguity? Of course, everything's deliberate. Everything we do on, on the records is deliberate, um, especially those moments that will maybe leave you asking the questions that you're asking, you know. Um, I think it's, you know, in the process of making it, it things like that or... You know, you, you, you're creating a conversation intentionally, you know, these patchworks of source sounds and we are making a decision of where that cuts off or how it continues. And, and I think if you just look at the, the track progression, um, you know, it, it leaves and offers an opportunity for the listener or every listener to have a different take on that, but most definitely it leaves you with the question. And I think that's one of the most important things that we've been able to like consistently do with the last few projects i think i think that's one of my very favorite moments on on the whole album because the way you can just hear the you know the the breath going in Mm. and um then it's cut off but I, i wanted to ask you and and feel free not to answer this if you don't want to but how for you how do you know when you are in love with a person Great question. Yeah, I mean, it's completely different for anyone. And also there's so many different meanings of what love is, right? I think if you look at the first, you know, if you look at maybe the most initial kind of perspective of love from that transition of, you know, indigo grit into um, I don't want to lose, it's probably just romanticism. It's probably the first thing that comes to mind. But, you know, if you look at all the different angles, then your answer will be different, right? And maybe my immediate answer to that question would be is like, when you know, you just know there's a certain feeling, the certain way that you begin to behave, you know, that is maybe outside of the ordinary. And maybe there are some of the tropes of what it feels like to be in love. I, yeah, I think that's one of the, the things I, I really enjoyed about it. It's like, I felt like you, you know, if you are not in love you 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 know you you could you could see that in one way and if you are you you know you could see another which i think is Mm -hmm. it's kind of a rare thing in music which tends to deal with a lot of it deals with you know 
either being in love or not being in love. You're that that yeah. something that leaves like a grey area. In between, if you're in between, or in right? between yeah. It's also, you're not sure. I, I wanted to ask if it's all right, um, a few questions about your previous release. Um, mm. uh, HYB... T uh, W I B T. Uh, do you call it that, or do you call it? Have you been through what <laughs> I've been through? Definitely not like that. <laughs> no, okay, it doesn't, it doesn't sound very no, good. Yeah. <laughs> we um, no, it would just be have you been through what I've been through. That's how we would refer to it. Yeah. So, it, 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 as we mentioned sort of briefly before, um, it seemed to really capture the moment in, in which it was released. How how did it come about? It came about from your your radio show, right? Um, well, to, I mean, I'll let. I think we can. We should both offer an angle on this. But the, the the honest truth is, is that we were experiencing all of those things the same way everyone else was. So that's actually the source of where that came from. You know, like how many years have we been on this earth as black males um, living in a world or a country that is not predominantly black? What sort of experiences have we had? And everybody's locked down in front of a screen witnessing the unfortunate like murder of someone that looks exactly like us. And after a certain amount of time, you have to ask the question of how do I react to this experience? How many times have I seen this experience? And what am I going to do this time? And so that first arose from us kind of having those sort of conversations and with people, with friends, with family, consistently over the course of a week or two weeks and having to face that question ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, everything that Josh said, totally that as well. I mean, the only other points I would add is like, you know, um, one thing for us, right, is like during that period, right, like it was a lot of, distressing images of black people being displayed, you know, like through pain. And, you know, that kind of portrayal is something that we're used to growing up with, you know, mm. like seeing how the black body is portrayed in the media. And, you know, we were dealing with personal stuff alongside what was going on as well. And I think, mm. you know, from our project, one thing that we do best is we try to translate our experiences, our emotion into something musical. And I think, you know, like that came just at the right time and everything that we were dealing with personally and also on a global level. And yeah, you know, kind of like the, the idea of the format coming off the back of the radio is something which, you know, we've been contributing to radio for a long time. And it was mm. necessary to be able to, you know, communicate exactly, you know, how we were feeling, right? Our emotions, you know? and yeah. I think that might be a kind of turning point in production for us, you know, because definitely before it's been a bit more ambiguous because we haven't used um vocals or whatever but these are these speeches and these vocals are things that we've been listening to for a long time yeah and it was absolutely vital that we were able to translate that so that you know the message didn't get lost you know mm -hmm. yeah i think like back to what i was saying because you you, you raise a good point and say asking is the radio show uh, was that was that like the birth of it but you know once we've had those direct experiences and those questions and spoken to people who are agreeing and understanding of the situation or maybe have questions otherwise or you know it was a very confusing time you come to a point of we have to deliver a radio show because we're committed to NTS and and we love to provide and share um, and express ourselves but it, it presented the question of how now are you going to use your voice and how are you now going to use a platform that you do have that maybe you didn't have before? And that's how it led to us um, creating the broadcast around 
that idea. I'm interested in in the way in which you use music to transmit emotion. Mm. Is it? This might sound slightly simplistic, but is it sort of a, a case of sitting down? Um, you know, you you feel a certain way, be it anger or sadness, and, and sitting down and and just sort of letting it out on on your uh, through your your music in that way, or do you tend to sort of you're making music and you, you think back to how you felt before, or do you tend to plan it out mm-hmm. more? No, I guess there's no. I wouldn't say there's any planning whatsoever. I would say that. I mean, we use music or we create music the exact same way that we digest it, right? So when you're going through a certain issue or, you know, when you're upset, you might be listening to some R&B. It might be Erica, it might be Lauren Hill. The things that they're talking about and the way they're expressing it hits in a certain way that might be remedial for what you're going through, right? Um, likewise, if I'm about to go for a run, I might listen to something upbeat. It might be some trap or hip hop or whatever. So there's music that's created for every moment. And the people that are creating that, if they are truants, are very tapped in with that particular energy. So the same way is if we go for a certain thing, sometimes our remedy is, only way to communicate that is to express it in that exact way you know if we're talking about love or heartbreak that's what you express on the track if you're talking about post club glow happiness you know that's what gets expressed on the record you know but i think that's the only way to from my side but i'd love to hear what josh has to offer you know yeah i think the only kind of other point i would add is like there's you know there's sometimes a notion of things creeping through subconsciously you know it might mm. be things which you haven't dealt with or haven't thought about and you know those things could come back to surface like weeks later or months later and then those ideas can be like revisited one night by accident right so like there could be times where like me and josh have been having a chat about something discussing it and then like two months later like you know we're prepping for a live show and something's just happened to be you know randomly but like it's addressing something which we might have not both addressed months before and it yeah. starts to make sense at that point in time. So there's, there's a conscious and a subconscious constantly at play, um, which I think keeps kind of keeps it refreshing for us because we're not we're not committed to just setting one like one kind of style in, in terms of um, how we get on with our creativity. question maybe but but one that i find interesting why did you call it a mixtape rather than than an album um to be honest i mean so yeah good question it's not a stupid question i think we called it a mixtape because it would be unfair to use edits and use other found sound you know that maybe wasn't so much contorted or changed in the way that it it took away from the original source i think that would be completely unfair but also that project maybe that was missed is that project actually contains a a lot of original music 
maybe more original music than like edits also, you know, but for us, it was relatively new to be sharing kind of edits of music, you know, it's stuff that we do do, but that was a moment where it became a thing and it was essential for us to share those pieces because they delivered the direct message in a way that we wanted to communicate. And so, you know, you can't call it an album, I don't think. And also it wasn't an album. It was made in the process. It's made in a very short time frame. It was made without the intention of it actually being received on a wide basis. Like everything that happened yeah. with that mixtape was a complete shock. Um, I think in the process of wanting to use our voice and feeling like we hadn't done enough or could do more, we just decided to make it into something that maybe could generate hundreds, 200 pounds for charity. And what happened was something completely outside of our hands and outside of our plans. How much did it make for charity, if I, if I can ask? Um, I think it made around 20, 20K. 20, 20, yeah. Wow. Did you feel as well, like, I mean, so, so you obviously have a very clear definition of what is and what isn't an album, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe. I think, yeah, we maybe, but we could maybe describe that if that's what you want us, if you, <laughs> yeah. we could, because I think that like, I wouldn't want to define that for anyone. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I think, you know, what's really, what's really key about the two is, it's the wording, right? Like, album, like, the idea for me for a mixtape means for the people, like, available mm. for anyone yeah. to pick yeah, up. Yeah. Like, the idea of the mixtape being, like, street, like, someone just being fully creative about any control by a label, by anyone else's input, just basically saying, this is for the people, this is what I'm yeah. doing, and putting it out there for the world. An album, for me, the word is, I don't want to sound like political here, but it's slightly more elitist, right? Like there's control, there's input, there's a commodification of it. So I think that that in itself is a mixtape because it was for the people, it was full creativity. Not that we don't do that on other projects, of course, yeah. but you know, there was, there was no involvement from any outside sources at all. And I yeah. think, that for me is key about a mixtape is it's fresh off the artists, the AW or whatever, straight to the people. And I think that's what it was. So that's why it's a, that's why it's a mixtape. You once described your music um, in a rather beautiful way, which was um, music of overlapping moments. Mm -hmm. I wonder mm. what you meant by that exactly. I, I, I kind of understand it, but I'm kind of interested in, in, in yeah. what you mean. Um, I think, well, it is, it's overlapping moments, you know, that every story that we've built or everything that we've described musically has just been us sharing our experiences at the time, right? So, you know, sometimes you have an intention of just making a single song and that turns into five or six and those are uh, connecting moments over the period of whatever time, maybe a year or wherever, we, whatever city we were at or the type of public transport or architecture we were consuming at the time. These are all moments and all of these sort of influences and sights and scenes and sounds are what direct our um, musical output, right? So for us, we see the music in terms of like moments or memories or, you know, some sort of feeling rather than sitting down and going, okay, let's write these lyrics to a song and then let's, let's play the, uh, this key in D minor sort of thing. So when you're putting a project together, 
we have always tried to build some sort of story, intentionally or unintentionally, but by the time it's becoming a project, there's 100% intention there. And these moments lead into each other and some of them spill over, you know, some tracks, track eight might have been track one, right? But it's interpreted in a different way or it's become that track a year or two down the line. And so all of these moments are overlapping. Um, they exist at, you know, all over our palette of time. And I guess that's what we were intended, that's what we were saying. Um, I think if you look at Honest Labour and you look at the way that some of the tracks spill into each other and, and lead up to one another, I think that maybe could be the best description of what we mean by that. You're asked this quite often. I apologise for asking again, um, but um, you're often asked about uh, Manchester, um, and you describe yourselves as as Manchester ambassadors um, recently. What is the music scene, for want of a better word? What's it like in Manchester at the moment? Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Who can you recommend? It really is the best right now. Like I love, I love a lot of places. I love music from all over the place, but right now, man, I've been saying, I'll say this to you, I'll say this to anyone on the street. Right now, I'm blown away by the amount of talent that there is in the city and has been for years, but it just seems that now attention is being placed on the city and it looks like there's a huge boom. That is partially correct, but also it's always been there. Um, the Elphonic Festival in, in Catalonia in August. That's um, right. Yeah. Playing in the church. How was it? That was beautiful. It was a beautiful experience. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, you know, that was probably our, I think that was our first live show of the year, right? Like together or whatever. So, yeah, it was just something beautiful about being in a church and just that experience. And yeah, and also, like, you know, like playing it in, in that, like, not playing it in a city was quite different and quite nice to do to, like, give the music to a different kind of, um, clientele and then would you come as well yeah and also it's the first time we've actually first time i'd seen you right in how how long that was the first time i'd seen josh in yeah, over yeah 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 and now now you're playing uh, a sonar event uh, in october um in barcelona what, what can we expect mm. You can expect oh, I mean, you space can expect Africa. There's like nothing, you know, you're basically, we, we're extremely raw and open um, every set that we do. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to actually tell you what to expect because we don't know. We'll definitely would have made mm -hmm. some fresh stuff for that show in particular, but which we have no idea about until maybe the day. <laughs> so to be completely honest, like we have a bit more time now, obviously, and, and it's going to be a big show, so, so we will put some stuff together, yeah. but you can expect to 
feel that personal energy that goes into it and hopefully just expect something beautiful. Yeah, it's hard to think that far in the future. Windows, I put in haste in the air, dressed in black. Do you think I care? Like face there, in a dark like prayer. Dogs on a leash, one twenties on a dash, one tens on a feet, bug bends in a flat, rocks turned in ash, weed laps, block dreams in a crack. Man, I tryna get rich at the top of the map. At the top of the map, man, I tryna get rich at the top of the map. One one final question. Um, the signer event you're you're playing is connected to um, an event they're doing on AI in music. Um, I wondered if you if you had any thoughts about AI in music. I mean, is it something you, you've you've thought about? Is it something that appeals or something that that you dislike? Uh, no, I wouldn't dislike. I wouldn't dislike any sort of progression in music. Um, I mean, we're always open to new ideas, right? And Every, everything should be accessible to everyone if they want to get on and produce or make music. So I'm 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 pro allowing everyone to to get involved, whatever that means. One hundred percent. I think like it'd be silly to like have any sort of like limiting comments or negative comments about like any sort of scientific or electronic progression in music, right? Because we're using like Fruity Loops, Ableton now, right? So people that didn't have the computers might be like, oh, that's a, such a rubbish idea. It's taken away from the humanity. No, it's not, you know? Everyone's going to find their own methods. Um, I'm a scientist. I love the blend of science in music and science in anything else, as long as it's bringing more positivities to existence. And so that's probably as far as I could comment. But one final thing on, on that then, if I may. How would you feel if somebody fed a load of your music into an AI and you got AI Space Africa? Do you think it'd be, would you be intrigued or? Uh, it depends. I would, I would be intrigued. If I was making I like money from it, that, that would be cool. <laughs> I, would like to see, I would like to see the results. Yeah, it would definitely be interesting. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. I mean... If it's going to go that way, then yeah, I mean, I would, I would like someone to ask us. I think I, I think one thing that would be yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think one thing that I think what would be interesting to it is if you feed any sort of music into a machine and allow it to generate and generate what sort of emotion and feelings and how is that going to affect the people that listen to it? You know, is that going to affect them the same way if they listen to an honest labor or if they listen to a have you been through what I've been through? Is it going to have the same sort of connections, you know, mm -hmm. if it's been fed or dealt by something that does not have a soul, let's say, that'd be interesting to find out. I open the challenge to anyone who wants to uh, answer. RPS, powered by Seth.